0: Welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Welcome everyone. I don't know if you can feel all of the energy coming across the <laughs> wavelengths to you of how excited I am to be here today with a former student but also a dear uh, friend and almost daughter to me, She's part <laughs> of our family. She knows both my daughters. We have traveled together. We've I, she went with me on a Europe trip one summer, and she's just very, very special to me, and I am so, so, so excited and grateful that she's here. So, Leslie, you want to tell Hi. us a little bit about
1: yourself? Yes, my name is Leslie Moore, and I am a former student of Senora's. I took Spanish with her for three wonderful years and um, at West Shore. And I went to UCF and I've been teaching for 13 years now. And I can't even believe that's been 13 years. And um, I teach second grade at a charter school here in Provide County. So, and so why did you become a teacher? Well, I had this amazing teacher in high school who I really bonded with. um, And her name was Miss Markley. And, She just opened my eyes to culture and how amazing it was. I also, I just loved like playing teacher when I was little and I just thought it was just so amazing. And so the very first thing I wanted to do when I got into college is I wanted to do international business because I really thought that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to travel and I wanted to learn and interact with all these different cultures because that's what I had been exposed to. And then I just realized I really wanted to teach <laughs> just like when I was really little and I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And then I also live by Senora Markley's rule of no glitter. So, um, <laughs> That's, 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 that's very powerful to when, go with
0: teacher, that. when you can st- set that rule and hold young people <laughs> it of no glitter allowed.
1: It is a huge rule that I, I go by in my life. So, um, yeah, it is the messiest thing in the world. And I think glitter represents a lot. So I just don't, but also don't do
0: like me, you are sparkly enough without it. You don't need oh, thank glitter, you. right?
1: Thank so. you. I do. I do feel as though I may have enough sparkle and I don't really, I don't need the uh, accessory of glitter. So yeah. That's so, just so,
0: So funny. what do you think your mission is every day as a teacher? Like, oh,
1: I there's so much. There's so much that I want to get done every day, but I just want to have a positive interaction and positive feelings, like with my kids. I think the biggest thing is creating that rapport and with your students and creating those bonds. And I know, like, when I was in your class and I was in there for multiple years, I knew you and your expectations. And if you told me, I thought you could do better. You better believe that I did better. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing that I want my kids to have the higher expectations and every day I want to, I want them to feel good about what they're doing. So, you know, I I always feel like I had great influences in my life and I want to be a good influence on other people's lives too.
0: That's what Mm. we do. We have to pass it on. I mean, I quoted Jaime Escalante all the time about having Mm -hmm. done us, and also that line from the movie about his expectations that children will rise to the level of expectations that you set because they know that you believe in them. That's the other part of it that was kind of left off. But the kids understood that he believed in all of them, and so yes,
1: he. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah. that's, so that's kind of my yeah. I that's have
0: <laughs> also volunteered in your class as a teacher Yay. when you were at a Yay. Title I school and just needed as much emotional support
1: oh, my gosh, as yes. possible.
0: And I can remember visiting one day and you had a child on the floor under your desk that couldn't Mm -hmm. the parent couldn't come and pick him up and he had a fever
1: yeah so I made a makeshift bed so yeah and so
0: do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like teaching in a title one school because there may be a listener out there that Sure. Um, But also, who doesn't know what it's like, especially in elementary school, to have all of these challenges. And especially like legislators that are making, maybe we have a legislator listening, I hope. And they'll (laughs) hear what it's really like in the classroom.
1: Well, I definitely have taught in two very different worlds. I have taught in very low socioeconomic areas and very, well off um currently i'm in a more well off situation um like in the uh, population that i'm working in right now but before when i worked there in the um title 1 school i had a lot of um a lot of my babies i taught kindergarten for 10 years and a lot of the babies that i had there were um, lacking parental involvement if they had parents that were involved at all. And then I also had kids that didn't have electricity, did not. um, And this is, you know, this was 25 minutes away from me, like in my home, you know, 25 minutes from my home to their door. And it was one of those things where they wouldn't have food, electricity. We had um, kids whose parents wouldn't answer the phone because it was like a They considered school daycare. They didn't really necessarily um, value education, like how I value education and how others value education um, as a useful tool in life. It was more like, this is where you go during the day, so I can go ahead and have my life kind of thing. Um, And I had babies who did have fevers and things like that. And you would, um, or they didn't sleep at all the night before their parents took them, they had things they wanted to do and they would take the child in the car all night and they would do whatever inappropriate things they were doing. And, um, so you'd have babies that didn't eat or didn't sleep or they had no electricity or no water and things like that. So we would have to accommodate those kids because they didn't have, you know, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and did not have the safety and security and shelter that they needed every night. So
0: that those are things a toll on you too emotionally. It I does. know I was there and just visited for the day. Yeah. I didn't it's do exhausting. it day after day after day. But I mean yeah. my heart would just be breaking. And I've taught in, you know, very poor schools and mm-hmm. challenging situations and everything. I was a lot younger then, but it, it I do think time. that
1: helps when you're <laughs> that younger.
0: That does help when you have a little more energy. <laughs> feel like you feel like you're going to save
1: the world. <laughs> yes,
0: but, you know, after a while, it does take its toll on you. I remember it really does. coming in and you had a, a young man who needed to be challenged more because he was very bright mm-hmm. and I would sit and work with him one-on-one, reading, yes. doing math. And he just, he told me he wanted to be an astronaut because we live yes. on the Space Coast. And that was his dream. And I just remember th- thinking all the time, like, I hope that there will be the opportunity the doors will open that you can realize your dream of becoming an astronaut because mm-hmm. he he did not have a good home situation. And I remember the first, uh, I came two days in a row Yes, and he had the same clothes on, but the second mm-hmm. day he had turned them the other Inside side out. out. Yeah, And I asked him about it because I said, you know, I, I think you have your shirt on and your pants on wrong side out. And he said, I have to do that because I they're not washed and mm-hmm. I have to turn them the other way so that they look clean.
1: And it yes. just
0: broke my heart. And I just can't imagine what it's like to do that day after day and mm-hmm. year after year. It,
1: yeah. It, yeah. It's it was really it was very hard. I mean, I spent so much on food. I spent so much on food, bringing snacks and stuff to school. Um just the supplies that I had to buy. I mean, there was no such thing as people bringing supplies in the beginning of the school year. That did not happen. Um let alone food. I mean, they have yes, they have programs where you have free breakfast and free lunch, but you know, if they don't eat all weekend, that doesn't help me. (laughs) You know, they're still hungry come Monday. So. Exactly. And when the pandemic hit, that
0: was one of the things that teachers worried about the most was I have kids that don't eat. Right. And so they were driving through neighborhoods and delivering food to children. And I know Laura's in a title one school this year and Well, she has been for several years and Mm she started a share table at her school where the kids will take their food they don't want or whatever that's packaged. Of course, they can't do it this year in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and they save it. They have to keep Mm -hmm. it refrigerated at a certain temperature and all these other guidelines. But then uh, her kids package it up so they can send it over the weekend to kids in need that that may not have an adult who will cook for them or don't have the means to even have any food. Yeah.
1: And, and so they also started something very similar at our school where we had a community pantry and we were able to get things from the Brevard share center, sharing center and things like that, that would donate every weekend, you know, um, eventually, you know, and there were kids and families that we would have certain food packs for. And if we had leftover, we would send extra food packs home. But then you'd also have parents that would reject it because of their pride. So Mm. they would rather, you know, they would rather not have us help them. And so that would be, that would be the hardest because you knew a child would be hungry and the parents would be like, no. And so that would, that was something that we also struggled with. So, um, so I think it's like, I think it's, I I think those were the things that were so taxing to you because you really just worried about what was happening after It, it wasn't even about you know, the learning gains that they were making in the classroom during the day. You were worried about what happened to them at the night, like during the night when they would come back until they come back to you in the next morning. So you would just be like, I I don't have these children for the next 12 hours. What's going to happen? So I think that was part of the hardest problem,
0: you know. And did, I know in the past, so many years, the whole thing about data and learning gains, and everybody has to be on the same page at the same mm-hmm. time, and the whole prescription oh, that one size fits all. Mm-hmm. How how did the school and your teammates and you, how how was it handled at the school? How did people was there an allowance made for the fact that some of these kids were not getting food they were and when they're not getting food too their brains not developed if they're right. not nourished enough so how can they have learning gains when they're not being fed and they're right. not developing
1: That was something that we had always talked about. Um, We would have data chats. Of course, that is a huge thing, data chats, Um, especially with BPS. You would go ahead and you would have data chats every week. And um, you would dissect the data and evaluate the data. And eventually you would just be like, okay, so here's the issue. This child is not making the gains. He's made this, that, and the other, or this is what's going on because this is their situation at home. So a lot of times we would try and have, you know, uh, thankfully at our school, we were able to have a lot of interventionists. Um, So a lot of people would come in and a lot of people would try their best when it came to like providing extra supplemental things but, um, and supplemental services. Um, but you have to tell the right person at the right time. So if you're a new teacher and you don't know that those, those, um, resources are there, it's very overwhelming. Um, you have to be able to not be afraid to say something as well and say, you know why my kid's not making this gain. It's because X, Y, Z. And I'm trying, but let's praise the fact that he is still at this person, like this percentage, or let's praise the fact that they came to school and they were clean and let's, you know, or they had three square meals. Like those are things that really, as a team, you have to keep supporting your team and saying, it's okay. Like your data, it's okay. You know, your what really matters is this kid came to school and he's safe. And that was a huge thing. So, um, administration they understood, but they still have expectations that the district puts on them and so on and so forth. So, you know, it, it all comes from the top and it doesn't really matter. You understand that, but that pressure is still there to make those gains. So, um,
0: because it, you know, a lot of times it comes down to the money and the funding, it's funding.
1: It's because all funding it school
0: grade. So mm-hmm. something that I found interesting with the school that you were teaching at uh, mm-hmm. that because it was such a, a low school and had the intervention from the state, mm-hmm. it became very eligible for a lot of extra resources. Like you said, including yes. like technology and laptops and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Did that really make a difference or not? No.
1: Yeah. Um, and part of the reason, and, and this is part of the reason why it doesn't, doesn't change because um, there are things that you can't change as a teacher. You only have so much control over what you can change. And I can't change what happens when they go home. Um, I can't reinforce, please read for 20 minutes every night. I can't, you know, I can't penalize a child for their home situation. Um, but also I don't know if people understand that, um, in those communities, um, there's sometimes there is an expectation for a handout and the technology tools and things like that can often be abused, um, say you let a child take a lap- laptop home um we had a problem where we found them in the pawn shops and things like that so and it's not the children you know these are things that were out of our control out of the kids control the, you know it doesn't matter how much technology you, pr- you provide them um they don't have a full stomach when they come in the door i don't <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's only so much you can do
0: right and sometimes i mean it, it's it's it will just blow you away the reality of the world and the situation right. you are in. Laura had a student, this was a couple of years ago, and I was volunteering in her class. And mm-hmm. he didn't, sh- this young man didn't show up for class regularly. Right. And when he was there, he could not see the board. So Laura went through a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, extra effort to have of him course. tested. And Mm -hmm. then to find a way to get him free glasses, he got the glasses and was so excited. It was like you had given that child, you know, the Mm -hmm. most expensive, fanciest piece Mm -hmm. of technology in the world. Mm -hmm. And two days later, he came to school, no glasses. And Laura asked Mm -hmm. him, where are your glasses? And he said, my mom took them Mm -hmm. and she sold them. Yep.
1: Yeah. So So
0: that's a reality. It is for teachers. It is all teachers, but for some teachers and sometimes even in the very, um, like your situation now, Mm -hmm. a school where like West shore where it's by uh, lottery and you have to get in by lottery. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's, you think it's a selection system that is going right. to scrape the cream off the top and, and just have those kids that are capable and have all the resources, and that's not true. Right. There were a lot of students, uh, I, I had a student at West Shore who was living in her car because right. parents kicked her out, and she was living in her car and trying to hold down a job at Publix, and yeah. it's – so it's at every school and it's right. every grade level because it's humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
1: does world. not segregate at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. So,
0: so what, what brought you the most joy teaching
1: at that <sighs> I school? Don't, well, at that school, I mean, just when they say, I get it. You know, when when a kid understands something and they're just like, I remember where I get that. I'm like, what? And you know, like, especially there, I would always be like, oh my gosh, I know I did that. I know I did that because I've been working so hard with them all the time. You know, I'm the one that's doing the interventions. I'm the one that was constantly working on them you know, working with them, working on their letters, their numbers, you know, recognition and all, you know, all of these different things, their phonetical, you know, phonemic awareness and their phonics. And, and when they would make those connections, you would be like, oh my gosh, you have it, you understand. And that would be the greatest thing in the world. Um, But then after a while, it just started to wear you out. So you're just kind of like, as much, as much as that feels good, You know what outweighs the other thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm.
0: what is? What do you love the most about your students? Like, what just like lights up your board? With oh, you you
1: see their personalities. (laughs) I think that's the best thing about teaching is you just meet all these amazing little humans that all have just like such incredible personalities. Some of them will drive you insane. But then at the end of the year, you're just kind of like, I'm going to miss that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to kind of miss him, you know, like, or I'm going to miss her when she does this. And, you know, I just think like that, that thriving to learn, that is what is just amazing. I had a kid who emailed me when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And she was my student last year and she emailed me this year and was like, "Miss Moore, I am heartbroken. She was such a trailblazer. And I was like, this child, I'm like, you don't even understand. You understand this at nine and you're just, you're going to make a difference. Like that is just like, when you know this kid is going to make a difference, that is like the coolest thing in the world. When you just know this kid, just this little personality is gonna do something and do something big and and they may not even realize it but it's just kind of like oh my gosh i don't know it it, it's and,
0: and it doesn't matter the age group i mean with you guys in high school it was so rewarding and fulfilling to see these you know young human beings who are mm-hmm. still developing and still learning and still exploring and still being curious and that they have so much potential and, yes. and you yes. just see it. I mean, I just saw every student had a special light and a special gift and I mean, I just their just personalities
1: line... are just yep. they're so cool. Yep,
0: every it's single just one, so one of cool. them. Yeah, growing little
1: human You beings. know, just to see that. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh my gosh, you're like a little person. And they really are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest part is they really are. <laughs> so
0: they are. Yeah. So um, you're teaching, you're going to be teaching hybrid. yes
1: I will be I am learning now
0: what are the the challenges that you've been facing I can't I told you I can't even imagine (laughs) trying to teach second graders (laughs) online (laughs) with you know and they can't read yet that proficiently or write that quickly or proficiently proficiently
1: yes yes we you know, the hardest thing I think right now is just um, just not being able to interact with them and just being like, uh, you know, just individually, just, you know, I, taking this for granted now. I think about, like, how I would be able to just, like, walk around the room and just... Look at how their progress is, and just being like, "Oh, I really like that sentence," or "I really like how you did this, and I'm really impressed by this," or you know, just being able to give those individual compliments, and and I'm still able to do it, but not in the manner of just like a casual like walk by and just being like, "Oh, I'm really impressed by that," because I can remember when I was little, that would just motivate me just a little bit more to keep going, and I don't have that ability right now you know um i don't have you know i'm used to my kiddos just coming up to me and just giving me a hug in the middle of the day i don't have that um it's just you feel connected but you feel very disconnected and that's a very hard reality right now um and they <laughs> miss the socialization and i miss it too
0: the yes. disconnection, too, because a lot of times those sidebar conversations not online with a virtual you know right. situation, it could be, but if there's nothing like when you're walking in the lunch line to the mm-hmm. lunchroom and there's always a kid that walks beside you,:
1: Oh my gosh. and yes. wants
0: to talk to you and tell you the yes. latest and greatest of their life Right. And just tell
1: you a random story about whatever is going on or, you know, about their soccer game or about, you know, like, oh, this weekend. And like, I can only do so much of that when I have 16 of them online and I have to be like, please mute yourself. Let's wait and let one friend talk. And, you know, it's just, it's so hard and it is a connection that I have with them, but I'm so disconnected. And that's, that's so hard for me. Um, because I'm very like i I'm, I want to be on that personal level, you want to have that rapport with them, you want them to be able to trust you and know that you're in their corner, and you're rooting for them all the time and as much as I try my my hardest to tell them that and reinforce that it's so it's so hard it's really i'm really torn
0: it is so. i mean in in elementary school, you have your little you know, kidney table in the back of the room. Oh, yeah. You bring your small groups back there, and you can have mm-hmm. that very personal one-on-one interaction, exactly. even though it's a small group. But but
1: it's still very one-on-one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It still it is, and it's it's very hard to do virtually.
1: It is, uh, and it's that special. It's a special time that I think I've really taken for granted. And it really makes me reflect and be like, it's that horrible word that we all hate as professionals is reflect. And I just, (laughs) I feel like I've just had to reflect so much on that and be like, oh, I just really miss that. That is just something I really wish I had. And I just don't have that right now. Like I said, I feel connected, but I feel so disconnected at the same time. I think that's my hardest part of all of this.
0: We also talked a little bit before uh, we started this uh, about the expectation, Mm, like not mm -hmm. knowing and and Mm -hmm. not knowing when this is going to end. And Mm now when you know something and you know what to expect, you can deal with it. You can figure it out, especially if you're masters at that. Yes, and master Mm -hmm. planners. Mm -hmm. But when you don't know and you don't know what to expect, it it is so hard on everyone. It really is. And I really,
1: like, I love a color-coded planner. I love to make it real. I love to doodle it up and I love to make it just beautiful. And I, like, that gives me inspiration and motivation. And I love crossing things out, making a list, crossing it out, things like that. And it's just like, oh, you just, you're trying to stay above water for this week, let alone the next couple of weeks. I can't even think about next semester, let alone, you know, I I just can't think about the rest of the year. And that to me is a very big struggle um, because I'm definitely one of those that I love to plan and know what my, what the expectations are for this, this, and this. And how many, how many grades do I need to have for this? And what should I plan accordingly for this, this, and this? Because I feel like when I plan, I feel like that to me gives me this sense of security that in case I am able to veer off just a little bit with whatever we're learning, I can always get right back on that plan and I can, you know, I can adjust. So So without that,
0: I'm gonna throw an imperfect subjunctive and a C clause at you. Oh jeez, <laughs> but it's in oh, English. Geez. It's in English. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh. If you could change one thing about the teaching profession, what would it be, and why? Data. <laughs> no, I, um, I. Will you want to think about that? <laughs> no. Um. I agree. I would agree. I agree completely. I think that computers have created created the biggest headache and the biggest nightmare. That's why I asked the question about the technology at the Title I school because
1: right. M- m- throwing, um, it, technology is not going to fix everything. It doesn't. It does not you can have all the technology in the world and that does not take place of being hands on. It does not take place of creating a project. I can tell you that the projects that I did in Spanish class um, will forever stay with me more so than just doing a worksheet, doing you know, past tense, present tense, you know, you know, yo too, like nothing, like there's nothing that's gonna give me that I need something that's gonna be hands on. And my kids are in a concrete; they need to. I, I can't teach abstractly all the time, and I need them to be able to be hands on because they're in elementary school, they're kids, and that's what they need to have. You know, even when they're in class now, because of COVID restrictions, they can't use manipulatives that other kids can touch. So how am I going to do STEM activities if we can't build things together? Um, Things like that. But aside from pandemic views, data is not everything. Data does not Shape a child does not mold them, does not determine what they're going to be for the rest of their life. Nothing. Um, data does not determine your potential either. Um, I I think that we have gone so far with data that I, I it's such a disservice. I really I don't know. I I, I like data to see. Just to see, like you know, my groupings and things like that. I, I personally like it when it comes to small group, th- you know, things that I could, kids that I could probably work to get like a high and a low kid to work together and things like that. But to do it based on funding, no, that to me is an injustice. So, but
0: but drilling it down, and that's what computers allow us mm-hmm. to do now is to drill it down. I remember being at, you know, West Shore as a teacher, and we didn't have that many kids that were level one or two, and mm-hmm. the lowest 25%, they were still way above. What, oh, yeah, we know, were definitely averages. all above
1: average. And, but we sure.
0: still had to eke out a who your
1: lowest 25% and, was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and we had to drill down and drill down and drill down and then it just became ridiculous. And right. I, people, I, I thought like, what is this minuscule amount going to make a difference in this child's potential in the world? But that what you're focusing on that little bit gets magnified to a big factor when right. that like a life or feels, death situation right like that child feels like they're not enough because of point you know mm-hmm. zero one percent
1: for sure you're trying to equal sure. yeah it's, right yeah, or retaining a child just based on the fact that they didn't pass FSA or you know just because of one test. What if they're just not a good test taker? Like what if they have test anxiety? I mean there are things that I You know, all of our data is driven now by testing on the computer for iReady. You know, it's a program that the whole county uses and we use iReady and they have to do math and reading on there. And it is just on the computer. It's clicking, 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 clicking. And I'm like, that doesn't show you how well they could write that doesn't show you what their imagination can tell you you know what they think about based on the story or the key details that they pull out of the story or what they learned or the moral that they're getting from something um you know there there are things that are just it's more than just right and wrong it's more than just like the answer is a you know that's to me it's just so wrong i you know Like, my low is the lowest 25% in my class this year is on grade level. So I'm like, oh, great. So I'm just going to keep pushing them that I already am. You know, I I don't know how else to put it. Then, you know, they're okay. It's and it's okay to be normal, too. It's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's okay to be normal. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: is. They're enough, just as they are. They really are. Exactly. You are, too. Like I said, (laughs) you're doing your best, and your best is good enough. That's you yeah. can ever
1: ask. I, you know, and some days you just feel like it's just not, and then some days you go, you know what, it's fine. It's gonna be fine, they're gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine, and it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I am going to wrap this up here. We could talk for hours and hours and hours. We really could.
1: (laughs) Yes, but
0: I want to, I'm trying to keep, you know, things to a a certain time frame so that people uh, can listen to it and don't have to break it up into multiple parts or whatever. So So if you can just complete my thoughts kind of in line with what we're talking about that it's not about a number or the letter a is the answer Mm -hmm. right answer so just complete the thought and it will be perfect okay Okay. teaching is Mm. magical Do you remember my Disney magic hat and wand? <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, yeah, and I always think of, you know, you always want to be ahead and not behind, you know, things like, uh, yeah, for sure. Yes. Those are things that stick with me. So, of course, I do. <laughs> my so, students are? Oh. Uh, and I, I'm trying to think an amazing adjective. My reason. Oh my, I reason. Love that. I yeah. love that. my reason! I
0: love that. my reason. Hand on heart.
1: I know. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs>
0: Learning <laughs> happens when
1: kids feel confident.
0: I when hope they feel
1: I... good. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. I hope yeah. my students remember me as loving loving love is the most important thing i think it is my greatest hope for all
1: children is oh to be successful in their own way yep who's to define that right right
0: to define that there, there is no real standard in life no
1: absolutely not but I want them to be happy in what they do and what they end up with so that's what I wish for everyone I just want people to be happy and you know to make it their own make their life their own so yes ma'am yeah
0: very very wise in your 13 years of teaching
1: (laughs) i don't know about that but i do try
0: yes (laughs) i I have seen you in action and and you are uh, you are amazing so
1: oh thank you senora i did learn from the best i did i did catch some i caught some good cues there i got some good stuff in my pocket from you so i appreciate you
0: Good. I'm so glad. That's all we can do is
1: pass it on,
0: pass it on to the next. Pass on our love for everything. Love of learning. love.
1: My love of traveling came from you. You gave me that horrible travel bug.
0: (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) The cultures. Oh my gosh. Everything. Just and and I saw it manifest such a huge difference.
0: in your kindergarten class where you were it trying did. to get these kids that probably, you know, hopefully they will be able to travel the world someday, mm-hmm. but they had not seen anything beyond their own backyard. And True. you had, you sent out a request for people to send postcards. The gingerbread
1: man. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, The gingerbread and man from so different places.
0: Yeah. So yep. those projects and those kids will never forget that. They will
1: all yeah. remember that. So. It was amazing. So that's one of my favorite things. And I wanted to do it again this year. And I just, it's going to be just, it's too much, I think. So it yeah. makes but, me sad.
0: Well, it's not uh, going to always be this way. So hopefully no. we'll be looking up and more normal. Again, hopefully, whatever hopefully. normal is going to be. I don't
1: even know what normal is anymore, but yes, yeah. it will be there eventually. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Well. If it's coming from your heart, you'll make it normal, yeah. and you'll make it happen.
1: So, oh, that's so true, Senora. So true. Yes, it is.
0: Well, thank you, well, my
1: dear. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I feel I, very honored.
0: Well, I feel very honored that you have said so many kind things about me, but also that you have really stepped into the potential and that light that i saw in you so many Uh, years ago
1: thanks i know it's been 20 years ago you're right (laughs) this is a long time so
0: the seed is now grown and, (laughs) and, and flourished and look at the blossoms and just it's magnificent
1: no, nah, I had a lot of Markleys in my life to give me that, that <laughs>
0: You have. That You're nurturing.
1: <laughs> I, I was, yeah. and I am, and I love them all, my, my girls. So. Yes.
0: And we'll and give a shout nice. out to Mallory and Bianca. Oh,
1: Mallory and Bianca. Our loves. And, and, I love them so much. So. Yeah, but yes. we're
0: actually recording this on Bianca's birthday. So, Feliz Copianos, yes.
1: querida. Feliz Copianos, mi amor. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs>